What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, on Friday, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I'm fresh off a Thursday night football game. Yeah. I love going to live games. They're so much fun. So you were in Houston for the game against Philly, which, you know, on paper going in looked like, oh, man, this is going to be a terrible game. It was a fun game. It was a fun watch. I thought it was going to be a beatdown. And the Texans did their thing for, you know, by the time you got to the fourth quarter, or the middle of the fourth quarter, the, you knew the game was over when they went down by 12. You're like, you, you, like, yes. you just know the Texans are not coming back from that. But it was a really fun game. And I didn't really care who won. I enjoyed that it was close. I was obviously rooting for Jalen Hurts to do well. And he did. And uh, it was great. We're going to get into that a little bit because I want to ask you about the Eagles as they are the team in the NFC that, you know, everyone is going to be uh, trying to catch up in the second half of the year. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit uh, and a rooting guide for this week since the Niners are off. And we're going to get to all of that. But before we do, I want to remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I always say if you leave a review, we will read it on the show. This one comes from SF49 or five stars, subject five stars. So. Thank you twice, I guess. Uh, Stats brings the proper criticism when needed as well as the praise when earned. I find his takes are in line generally with mine. I enjoy the other hosts as well. Keep doing what you all are doing and stay faithful, my friends. Simple, but I like it. It's great. Five stars. Nice message. Very sweet. Now, let's get to the Eagles a little bit. What did you see in person? Was it different than what you've seen on TV? Just what were your general impressions of them? It was almost like I got to watch all 22 because I was sitting up high in the end zone. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we had, like were uh, like the seventh row from being the farthest in the back. It's fine. It was a great game. And what I did see is that Eagles wide receivers and D- Dallas Goddard are running free. Like it is, they're always wide open. I don't know what hmm. Nick Sirianni has pulled up, how he gets his guys wide open every time because the Texans don't have that a bad secondary. They're actually pretty decent this year, but they were just always wide open over the middle, over the middle, like wide open, or they would be crossing. So they get wide open by the time they hit the the other side of the field and Jalen hurts can hit them. Like it's always an accurate ball right to them. Do you think the 49ers could beat the Eagles? So obviously when it comes to the NFC, the last team you'd want to face is the Eagles, right? But I don't, I'm not even scared of any other team in the NFC at all. But when you're comparing the Eagles to the best teams in the AFC, like the Bills and the Chiefs, I would much rather have to face the Eagles than well, the Bills yeah. or the Chiefs. So I, I I think the scariest opponents you can possibly face wouldn't come until the Super Bowl. I think the 49ers could beat the Eagles if they're able to put enough pressure on Hurts. And like last night, the Texans were actually putting quite a lot of pressure on Hertz. You saw him fumble that one ball, which he used to do all the time. He's mm. fixed that. So if they could put pressure on him, I think so. Their defense didn't look as impressive last night as they have been all year long. But obviously that would be a super hard matchup. So let's uh, let's hope the 49ers aren't the seventh seed. Well, honestly, like, obviously, yes, it would be tough, but. Meenith Kimes tweeted something out this week that really caught my eye and made me think that, you know what, maybe not to say that the Eagles aren't a good team, but maybe matchup wise, it's not the worst thing for the 49ers. So what Mina said was the Eagles are allowing 2.28 yards after contact per carry. 
That is the worst mark in the entire league. And what is the best part about this 49ers offense, Michelle? It's what everybody can do with the ball in their hands. So if they can't tack on defense, that plays directly into a strength for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, they uh, Damian Pierce is a very good running back, but he was like destroying that defense where he he was not getting taken down on the first tackle on the second tackle attempt. Like he just kept churning those legs and doing it. Now, I think a big part of that is how good he is, but that is an interesting stat, and that could be damning to them in the playoffs if they have to face a team like the 49ers who are so good after the catch. Now, it's not like the 49ers rush defense has been anything to write home about either. But I agree with you. I think Houston was able to get a little pressure on Hertz. He didn't. The thing they that face a lot of like not great running backs either. I was looking at their schedule to be like, man, that like they face some of the hardest guys. Like Najee Harris is the worst. And then you have the Cardinals running backs. Like, no, the Jaguars back in the day when they weren't playing ETN, no, Washington, the worst. So, like, you have Dalvin Cook and that's it. And Damian Pierce. So that is uh that's a shocking stat. The thing about Hertz that I think you like if you're an Eagles fan is the decision-making, right? He never makes a bad play worse. He doesn't have a lot of turnover-worthy plays. That is huge when you're talking about a team as sound as Philadelphia. Uh, somebody that I work with on the SB Nation NFL show, Rochelle Prevet from Bleeding Green Nation, our Eagles community here at SB Nation, described the Eagles like a bag of Skittles. And I thought it was so perfect. And what she said was like, it doesn't matter what colors come out of the bag, right? It all tastes good. It's all good. Yeah. You get all green ones, whatever. You get all different colors. It doesn't matter. That's the Eagles. They can beat you on the ground. They can beat you in the air. They can beat you with defense or special teams. They are a very complete team. And you know what the 49ers are? No, what are they? Starbursts, where you never know what you're going to get. But it matters. It matters. If you get yellows, like get those right. out of here. But if you get pink, that's amazing. Do you look at the package where it's two yellows? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Worst. That's like, why did I even, I'd rather just eat the bag. Um, no, that's actually really, really good. You're right with the starburst because it's like, okay, pink, red, looking really good. Orange. Okay. Not bad. Like we'll settle with an orange. And then every once in a while, bam yellow <laughs> yep you just never know what you're gonna get and you do get those games where it's two pinks and you're like oh my goodness mostly against the rams i the rams. texted you during the rams game i said why can't they just play them 17 times oh. <laughs> the record would be 16 and one and people got mad at me because i tweeted out that kyle shanahan is 34 and 43 against everybody that's not the rams in his entire 49 10 and people got mad at me and like that is a fact. Like, it's not me twisting the data. It's not anything. That is a fact. And I get it because here come the context police. I get it. 2017 and 2018, the team stunk. They were rebuilding, yada, yada, yada. Great. But I'll just say this. How's Brian Dayball doing in New York? Pretty good, right? With a roster. So let's not act like it was inevitable that Kyle Shanahan had to lose 10 games a year in those seasons. And I just want to see this team play like they did against the Rams every single week. What's so nice is their conference record and then obviously their division record. So the games where they really disappointed, like the Falcons and the Broncos, at and least the Bears. Yeah. Well, the Bears is in conference, but at least like the games or in the Chiefs, like the games they lost and mm -hmm. were really disappointing. Mostly the Falcons and the Chiefs were the two most disappointing games. At least it was out of conference. And that does not hurt you as bad because Right now, 
there are so many teams sitting at three and five in the NFC and a couple at four and four, that conference record is going to become so important for those wildcard seats. Hopefully the 49ers end up beating the Seahawks for the division. But I'm just saying, if we do have to go for that wildcard spot, it's really great that they're winning these conference games, four and two record. That will be huge at the end. Yeah, right now, the only teams in the NFC with a better conference record than the 49ers are the Eagles, who are 5-0, and the Vikings, who are 5-1, and and the Cowboys, who are 5-2. and So you're, you're looking really good if you're the Niners, and the division looks pretty good because you've swept the Rams and you already have a win over Seattle. That game in Seattle later in the year is going to be massive for the 49ers and for the Seahawks. So let me ask you, so let's just dig in. I know you wanted to go kind of a different order, but can we dig into these uh, games a little bit for the NFC? Let's go. So the Seahawks get the Cardinals this week. Now, obviously, when you first think of it, you want the Cardinals to win because you want the Seahawks to lose. But if the Cardinals were to lose, they would already be six losses. Like that's six quick losses. Mm. And then it kind of knocks them out of it a little bit. And the 49ers still get to face the Seahawks. They already beat them once. What are your thoughts? Who are you rooting for? I mean, I feel like you're rooting for the Cardinals, right? So I don't know if I could ever bring myself to root for the Seahawks. It would take a a very unique set of circumstances because, again, I want them dead and buried after all the torture they have put me through over the past, you know, decade plus. But I kind of like what you're saying. Like, I can't lose either way what you're telling me as a 49er fan this week with those two teams playing each other. Yeah, I think it's really nice they're playing each other. Knock It'll either knock the Cardinals pretty much out of contention. I know, like, there's going to be a team that makes the playoffs with seven losses, but still, it's the Cardinals. They haven't looked great. Six losses would be really terrible for them. But then, obviously, the Seahawks would be at a 6-3 and record, which isn't great, but you know you still have that matchup coming up. And you've already beat them. So you just have to stay with them. I guess, yeah, we're, we're rooting for the Seahawks to lose. So the Cardinals still have games against the Rams, the Niners, two games against the Niners, the Chargers, the Bucks, which maybe if the Bucks can straighten themselves out. So, yeah, I feel like a loss would be incredibly damaging for them. Plus, I feel like they, more than other teams, there's no grit there, right? There's no like Nothing. fight. When things start to go bad, I just picture Kyler Murray on the sidelines of that Rams game in the playoffs last year with the towel on his head and then refusing to go back in the game at the end. Like he packed it in and went home literally. <laughs> I've never don't... seen anyone care less. Like uh, he just <laughs> right. He is out there when they're losing and there's no urgency and it just nothing on his face. And he was like, whatever. Yeah, we're going to lose. Besides that Raiders game when they ended up coming back, that was the only time I've seen anything from him. Yeah, I just, this season, I should say. I don't like that going on. I mean, I like it as a Niner fan. If I was yeah. a Cardinals fan, I wouldn't like it. But yeah, I still think I want Seattle to lose. Put Seattle at five and four. Then all of a sudden you're not like, hey, Seattle's pretty good. You're like, yeah. Seattle's a game over 500 and they still got to play the Niners again. Who are they already lost to? Yeah, I've changed my mind. I'm rooting for the Seahawks to lose to get them that fourth loss. And the Cardinals will take care of themselves. They're going to lose games. Right. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. (laughs) The Cardinals (laughs) will beat themselves. Um, Seattle still has to play the Chiefs this year. Uh, They got to play the Rams, of course, San Francisco one more time. But their schedule is not that tough. So, like, I need them to lose some games here. 
And, you know, plus, like, I wouldn't mind seeing their confidence get knocked a little bit because they're kind of building something there right now. Pete Carroll, you know, he's got a, a really young team. He's got a team that, like, Richard Sherman and those guys always talk about, like, all Pete's old stories and tricks and all that stuff. It's all working again because it's all young guys. Um, I would like to see them lose a little mojo here. I'm not saying I want people to get hurt. I'm not rooting for injuries, but a nice loss against the Cardinals. I think I could see the Seahawks stand to get knocked down a peg. I think I'm, that's where I am on that game. This is what's scary about the Seahawks offense this year. They're so explosive. 12 of their touchdowns have been 20 plus yards. They're actually terrible. Uh, uh, red zone drives. They only score a touchdown on 40% of the red zone drives. That's 31st in the NFL. That's the lowest among all teams to average 25 plus points per game in a season since 2000. That's like the farthest I can go back. So since the data is there, that's the worst red zone percent of a team to average that. And they're averaging 26.3 points per game, the fourth most in the league. So they're, they're doing it in insane ways, which you might say is going to be very hard to keep up. But at the same time, they are one of just 11 teams over the last 50 seasons to have 12 plus such touchdowns through the first eight weeks of a season. And six of those previous 10 teams made the Super Bowl that year. And um, all 10 made the playoffs. So having this explosive offense typically means you're going to keep doing it. And it's, it works out well. The last two teams to do it were uh, the Bengals last year and the Chiefs in 2019. Obviously, both of those teams made the Super Bowl. Wow, that's a really interesting stat. So what you're telling me is if they're going to score, it's going to be on big plays. Yes. And the one thing you can say about the 49ers offense when it's our defense, excuse me, when it's reasonably healthy, they don't usually give up those big plays. Usually, if you're going to score against them, you're going to have to work the ball down the field, seven, eight, nine play drives. So that kind of does help me understand a little bit how the 49ers were as successful as they were against the Seahawks when they played earlier in the year. Plus, I think, you know, they weren't as confident in themselves. They hadn't quite figured out what's been working for them, that kind of thing. I think that's a factor, too. But, man, that is – I don't know now if I should feel better or worse about the Seahawks after I that. Know, I know. I don't either. I actually – I wrote these notes. I had, I had to write the Seahawks game this week. So this is the research I was doing for the NFL – and I was like, I really didn't know how to take it because you think, well, this has to die down, right? And I would be interested now, I didn't actually do this, to go look at those teams who scored that many long touchdowns and then see what their red zone touchdown percentage was as well. Were they also good there too? Or was it just the deep plays? So I'll have to dig into that. But I do think that is telling that the Seahawks struggle when they get into the red zone and really they're just scoring on these deep plays. Obviously, Ken Walker is so good as well. He's like breaking off a 15-yard run on 62% of his carries. Absurd. That's an insane rate. It's the highest in the NFL. So they have just a lot of great players. So I don't know if it's going to die down. I think it's pretty much comes down to is Geno Smith legit or not? Or is that going to come back down to reality? And you would have thought that would have already happened. He just keeps doing it. I think he's done it long enough this year. To be like, at the very least, he's way better than we thought, right? Because I feel like this yeah. is what's going to happen. He'll have a bad game, and then everybody's going to go, see, see, I told you. Do you know? It's like, no, maybe he just had a bad game. But clearly, he's way better than we thought he was. The question is, what does he do in big moments? I still see, like, two or three plays every Seahawks game where, like, 
he's either oblivious to the rush or he just doesn't care. Like where he'll get drilled. Even he might get to throw off, but he will get absolutely crushed, <laughs> which is like the biggest difference when I watch the Seahawks now. And when I watch them 2011, 2012 with young Russ, like Russ was able to escape those plays and make magic. And Gino still can, can make plays in those scenarios, but Gino is getting crushed. There is a possibility where he gets hurt. And then it's the Drew Locke show. Oh, goodness. And their defense is still not good, right? They're giving up a ton of points per game. So I, I'm really not that scared of the Seahawks. I think their offense is very explosive, but they're going to play against a team with a good offense that I, I think can can beat them. And I think the 49ers are one of those teams. Like when they have to play the Seahawks later in the year, I'll be predicting the 49ers win. Obviously things can change with injuries or whatnot, but mm -hmm. I, I think right now they'd be able to take them. Now, when you look at the rest of the schedule, like there's a lot of win-win games for the 49ers. I love them on bye this week. So they could just sit back and see what happens to the NFC because the Rams face the Bucks. And obviously, yeah, you're rooting for the Rams to lose. But at the same time, one of these teams are going to have six losses this week. And I think that's huge no matter who it is. To get the Bucks, you know, further away from wildcard contention is huge as well. If the Rams lose, they're cooked. That's the nail in the coffin for the Rams. Like maybe to not even make the playoffs. Forget about the division. If the Rams lose, it is over. And let's face it, it's a there's a damn good chance they do because they cannot protect Matthew Stafford. The Bucks still have a good defensive front. And and as weird as it is with Brady this year, it's not like Brady's physical ability has fallen off. To me, what's happening is they're getting in third and long. I think I saw a stat today that they have faced more third and longs than any team in the league. And what's the one thing we know about Tom Brady? If he has to stand in there against a pass rush and he gets pressured, he there is a huge drop-off. He is not the same. He is less willing than ever to stand in there and make a big-time throw when he has to. He's still physically a capable of making a big time throw, but the willingness to stand in there and have to do it, I think is at an all time low. See, I, I think Tom Brady has gone downhill fast, bad. I, when I'm watching physically. him, yes. If the ball comes out and he gets the ball out in rhythm, sure. If that's how it works, he can still throw it deep. He can still hit a guy. He still has accuracy. Yes. But when anything else happens and he has to move slightly, just slight, I'm not even saying scramble just slightly in the pocket and move and, throw not standing still basically his his placement is so bad it always hits dirt it has looked terrible or it's short to a guy like underthrown. if you have to if you get to move him slightly just a couple feet and he has to move it it looks bad and god forbid he has to run i've never oh, well. seen an nfl player run slower in my life i don't even know how he's I don't know how you're that slow. You he's look like you're 45. running in mud. I'm saying I would beat him in a 40 yard dash. Yeah, I would. I he's would. 45, Michelle. Know, he's closer to 50 than 40. I'm I'm not worried about the Buccaneers at all this year because if you have a quarterback that can't do anything unless it's just this play, I got the ball and I was able to get it out. I'm not saying they can't win a playoff game if they get to face a bad defense and it's just everything's quick and that's how he wins. Sure, but. I'm not worried about it, a deep run, because as soon as he faces a defense that puts any pressure on him at all, it's going to just fall apart. And the well, Buccaneers defense isn't as good as it has been in recent years. Yes, but the problem for the Rams is they are not the team that can put that pressure on Tom Brady. I think the Bucs are going to win that game. I think the Rams are going to be done. And, and honestly, like, it doesn't matter if you're a Rams fan, whatever. 
Oh, you're, I was, I misspoke about the Rams because they already had a buy. So they would only have five losses, not six. Yeah. But it, they're still cooked either yeah. way. Um, because none of their problems are fixable. Their offensive line still stinks that we're past the trade deadline. Now they don't have any way to get a viable weapon besides Cooper cup, unless they sign Odo Beckham jr. But we don't know when he's really going to be able to get back to full strength. That would be a good move for them, but also like, you're not getting like peak prime Odell here. So I don't know that how many of their problems are fixable. And I, and with two losses to the Niners again, did they play the Seahawks off the top of my head? I can't remember if they've played the Seahawks already this year. Did not. They face them in week 13 and week 18. They got to play the chiefs and the Seahawks back to back weeks. That's not going to be ideal for them. Yeah, I just think the loot that that game is is if the Rams lose, they're done. The problem with the Bucks is like they're three and five, but they're a game out of first. So even if they lose, like in that division, you don't necessarily know that they're done because they could still make the playoffs, winning that division. Who knows with a losing record, possibly? Um, yeah, but because but the I Falcons, agree. the Falcons face the Chargers this week. Now the Chargers aren't as good as we thought they're going to be. This happens every single year, and they have a a ton of injuries, a ton. But you can still see the Chargers winning this game. The Falcons are like so sneaky because they don't look <laughs> that good is the issue. Like, I don't get it. I I mean, I guess they're only four and four, so they've lost as many games as they won. But I just, they're always in it. And uh, we'll, we'll see if the Chargers can win a close game here. I wanted to bring up real quickly for my fantasy folks, if you need help, DeAndre Carter, the slot wide receiver for the Chargers, pick him up. He's going to do it. He's going to do it this week. The Falcons are so bad against slot wide receivers. The Falcons don't usually beat themselves. And if you're not on your stuff, they'll beat you. Right? Like that's who the Falcons are. They're not a great team, but they are not a bad team. And sometimes the Chargers are a bad team. And I'm going to be fascinated to yeah. see this one. I, I'm obviously rooting for the Chargers because I want every other NFC team to lose all the time. Um, but also, here's something to keep an eye on. Because I saw that Keenan Allen aggravated his hamstring injury over the bye, which is the most Chargers thing of all time. So he may not be back for that game against the 49ers yeah, in two I, weeks, which is obviously good. He said he's not coming back unless he's 100% and not on a snap count. Because the last time he played before the bye, he was on a snap count. Apparently, he doesn't want to play like that again. And he said, I will not come back unless I'm 100%. We'll see if he's 100% by next week, but he just keeps re-injuring it. So even if he does play in the game, who's to say that that thing is going to last? Because sometimes when you are dealing with these hamstring injuries, it's just a loss of a season. It happens sometimes where it just can never get healthy. Which is exactly why I think Debo Samuel did not play last week against the Rams because the Niners are trying to do everything they can to give him as much rest as possible so that he can get past this so that it doesn't linger because they know how important he's going to be the rest of the way. What I said to Levin Black yesterday was I feel like the Niners are trying to defeat the injury bug with volume. They know, I don't think they like expect that there's going to be a point in the season when they have Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey and every single person there healthy. I think their plan is, look, we know we're going to be down some guys, but we're just going to get so many that even <laughs> when we are, we can still put up 30 like they did against the Rams. Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest one you need healthy is Christian McCaffrey. Just stay healthy. And one of those wide receivers needs to stay healthy and then obviously Kittle. But you could, if you have to go with one, it's one of the wide receivers because both are so good. 
but let's just not even think about injuries. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. Everyone just stay healthy and let's see what this team can do at full health uh, in the playoffs. That would be huge. Um, but yeah, come on. Come on, Kyle Shanahan's team. Stay healthy for once. And I would be fascinated to see too. Like Elijah Mitchell said, he's he's coming back after the bye. Uh, let's see. That'll be great because you can spell McCaffrey a little bit, have Mitchell come in there. They need more 30-point games. Like I get they did it against the Rams. They always yes. beat them. There's so much talent on this offense. There's no reason to struggle anymore. There is no reason to ever have games where you're barely getting two touchdowns. Like mm-hmm. score points and beat them that way don't always rely on your defense and score points you have everything this is the best offensive roster possibly with all of this talent you should be putting up 30 points on the reg yep i don't want to hear about anything i don't want to hear about injuries i don't want to hear about jimmy garoppolo just do it just do it it's all there for you are there any other games this week that you're going to be watching from a 49ers perspective I think we uh, really should be rooting for the Vikings to beat the commanders. Like they're six really? and one already. The Vikings are already six and one. They have a large lead over the Packers. They're most likely going to win the NFC North anyways. Like what, what are we trying here with the Vikings? If they lose, like, it does not matter if they lose, but the commanders on the other hand, they're what's, what's their record? Three and five, right? Washington yeah. is four, no, four, and four and four. Yes. Four and four. You really want them to lose. Like I'm, very much over the Vikings should beat the commanders. And that's what we should be rooting for. Cause you're going to say, Hey, somebody's got to get in from the NFC North. Anyway, the Vikings are already in the lead. They're them already winning, three and a half games up, right? Them winning the division is better for the Niners. Cause it just yeah. takes them out of their way essentially. And you want to sort of clear the deck a little bit for the wild card. And like you said, Washington has the same record as the Niners right now. So you should be rooting hard for Kirk cousins in Minnesota. Something uh, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan's probably going to do anyway, since he loves his boy, Kirk. Well, also, you would think Kirk Cousins, you know, revenge game. Against the commanders. Yeah, that's probably true a little bit. Um, although he kind of, it worked out for Kirk. Yeah. Because the commanders didn't want to offer him a contract. And he kind of showed every other quarterback exactly how you should do it. Play it out. so much money. Play through the tag. Yeah. And then you just, you know, just falling ass backwards into money if you're Kirk Cousins. And good for him. Good for everybody. I always root for players to get paid. Yeah. And then insanely, he kind of have to worry about the Bears for whatever reason, because somehow the Bears beat, <laughs> beat the 49ers <laughs> in week one or else you wouldn't even care. But they're three and five, so they could have as many wins as the 49ers after this week if they were to beat the Dolphins. And then that would also like the Bears lately have been looking better. I mean, I guess they just got destroyed by the Cowboys. But better than been, what? I know. They, but Justin Fields has been looking a little better. But if they were to come out and beat the Dolphins and be able to stay with them, that would be pretty telling. So you just want the Dolphins to handle their business, beat up on the Bears, get the Bears to six losses, and you don't have to worry about that week one loss that you let go in a terrible weather game. Yeah, that, that will haunt me forever that they lost that game. But they did, and... You know, you got to deal with the with the repercussions of that. One thing I wanted to point out, the 49ers are tied for the third highest point differential this season in the NFC. They're only behind the Eagles and the Cowboys, and they're tied with the Vikings. Now, all of those teams are six and two or better. And then we have the 49ers sitting here at four and four. It's a little disappointing, but that's a good sign that things should look better in the second half of the season. Their biggest issue is the turnover differential. They have way too many turnovers. Turn over the ball 12 times this year, 
Only the Rams and the Saints have more in the NFC. They need to take care of the ball in the second half of the season. We've been saying that forever with Kyle Shanahan. He went into the season, I think it was minus 43 in turnover differential since he became the head coach. That's always been the problem with this team, even when Jimmy Garoppolo was not the quarterback. And it's sort of weird. If you look at their results this year, Michelle, they've only played in one one score game. Denver, they lost 11 to 10. Every other game has been by multiple scores. Um, and when they're good, they're very good. And when they're not, they're terrible. They're yellow starbursts, like you said. Well, what's kind of crazy is that their point differential is so good while losing by multiple touchdowns in mm-hmm. two games. That's that's telling, right? They, they should have a better record than they do. And I'm tired of saying that with this team. Like, how about you just have a good record? <laughs> like, That's the easier thing to do. I feel like it's harder to do it this way. So this is what they do. They get us all nervous in the middle of the season, have a bad record, and then come back. That's what they do. So I think we've said a lot of nice things about the 49ers and we're a half hour into this show. So I just want to get to one more thing before we wrap it up. And that is this Jimmy Garoppolo narrative that has been forming. And I think it's partly because of the national media and partly because of local people like, and I'm going to say, call you out because I've done it before and I'm not going to stop now. David Lombardi, who continues to just see the world through Jimmy Garoppolo colored glasses. And he, the, which I don't really care. Like there's clearly a market for that. And that's fine. What bothers me about it is that he makes it seem like if you don't put Jimmy Garoppolo among the best quarterbacks in the game, you're biased. And that's what bugs me. He keeps talking about facts over feelings and all these other dumb little sayings. And I'm sorry, It's just not true. Like he tweets out 49ers pass offense ranks number one in DVOA since Garoppolo took over. I don't care, David. (laughs) I watch the games. They're on TV. They're not secret. Okay. If you watch the games, you can see that the entire game plan for the 49ers, the every single week, the entire game plan is getting the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands as fast as possible so that he doesn't f- it up. Am I wrong? You're actually 100% right. I knew that. A lot of people know that. I'm Okay, what's getting me is the actually. Almost all of Jimmy's passes are either quick or in rhythm, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? You, that That's good. But when you're looking at pass attempts of four plus seconds, meaning when shit doesn't go perfectly, you need to create your own. He's only, only, uh, sorry, 4.8% of his pass attempts have been on plays where he held onto the ball four plus seconds. The only ones with fewer such rate is Tom Brady, Davis Mills, and Cooper Rush. And when you're just looking at guys lower than 7%, you add in Andy Dalton, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz, and Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there at 48 and when you're looking at the top of this, it's it's guys like Lamar Jackson. It's uh, Patrick Mahomes at 12.9. Lamar Jackson at 16.6. Josh Allen at 12.5. Jalen Hurts at 11.7. These are guys that can get it done even when everything's not perfect. And this is what we were talking about last week. It's when everything, this is a big Kyle Shanahan thing. Well, we didn't execute well. Or this is why we lost because everything wasn't perfect. When everything's perfect, Jimmy looks good. He's a good quarterback in that way. He's a game manager. 
He's a very good one. But when anything breaks down and when you need to go to plan B, it's just not there for him. He just, there is no plan B for this team. It's plan A or that play doesn't work. Or not just that play doesn't work. Disaster, right? Because if you throw it away, like plan A is not there. Okay, throw it away, right? That's, you can live with that. But it's plan A doesn't work. Happy feet in the pocket. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He either gets stripped or forces the ball somewhere and risks turning it over. That's the problem. And and all these idiots on Twitter who keep tweeting me saying, well, Tom Brady gets the ball out quick too. Comparing Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo is like comparing filet mignon to Taco Bell. All right. Like, no, they're not the same. Brady is the guy you trust the most with the ball in his hands because you know, he's going to make a good play. Jimmy's the guy you trust the least. And the way you know that is because the 49ers just gave up four draft picks to get Christian McCaffrey so that Jimmy Garoppolo would have a guy to check down to because they are so terrified of what he'll do. And Debo and Kittle and Ayuk, that's not enough. They had to get one more guy to protect them from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and I know uh, David Lombardi tweeted out, like, he's so good in the shotgun. They're averaging so much yards for play. Now, don't get me wrong. It, he's correct, right? Out of the shotgun, Jimmy Garoppolo is averaging 8.2 yards per attempt. The only guys better are Tua, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and right behind him is Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Like, that's a really good group to be in. The difference is air yards per attempt, he's at 6.9, while everyone else is above eight still. Like, they're all it matches their air yards per attempt, match their yards per attempt. And that's why they're averaging so many yards. While Jimmy Garoppolo, on the other hand, has a very high yards per attempt in shotgun, very low air yards per attempt. When you're comparing that to everybody else, he's eighth fewest in the league. Only guys lower Baker, Davis Mills, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. So a little bit different of a group. I'm not saying, you know, like some of those guys are okay quarterbacks, but it's silly to just say, look what he's doing in the shotgun. No, it's like, look what his playmakers are doing. Right. In what shotgun. that tells you is guys are doing work after the catch. And that's fine. Like, great. That's, I have no problem with that. That's what Jimmy does well. So the Niners should do it. But don't sit there and tell me that he's up there with these other quarterbacks. That's what drives me nuts. That's what bugs me. It's not him. It's everybody else. And when it has to be him, he fails. That was kind of what was so encouraging about that Christian McCaffrey receiving touchdown. Is that It was a rare example of his first read not being there. Jimmy stepping up in the pocket, throwing a ball number one that was not a turnover-worthy play. If McCaffrey didn't catch it, nobody was catching it. Or maybe, I guess, Kittle might have had a shot. But no defender was catching it. And two, it was a great play. He saw McCaffrey, who wasn't even supposed to be there. But he he and Christian had a, you know, a simpatico moment here. They had a mind meld, and they figured it out. And it was a great play by Jimmy Garoppolo. Great play. But that is the rare, 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 rare exception to the rule of usually it's not only not a good play, but a bad play for the Niners. Yeah. I think uh, I don't want to keep crapping on Jimmy. Cause I think he actually looks better this year than in previous years. He has the best passer rating under pressure this season among qualified quarterbacks. Amazing. Like that's really great. Now he has a really 
low air yards per attempt on those throws, 8.8. So again, it's, it all equals out, but that is good that he's making good decisions under pressure. It's just when it comes, I'm more worried about the playoffs when it comes to the playoffs. Can he be a difference maker? He has yet to throw a deep touchdown this year. When we are just talking about Geno Smith, he has nine deep pass touchdowns this year. Geno has zero. Now, I mean, Jimmy has zero. zero. Now, Geno leads the league, so nine isn't with everybody, but he's one of just uh, five qualified quarterbacks that doesn't have a deep touchdown. It's Ryan Tannehill, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and Zach Wilson. Not a great group to be involved in. And again, I keep hitting on this like plan B thing. He only has 14 pass attempts outside the tackle box this year, tied with Tom Brady. Only Andy Dolan has fewer. So he's not making anything happen when it's not there. That's my biggest worries. And that could work in some regular season games. But when you get to the playoffs and you're facing harder defenses and you're facing guys you need to score against, uh, like 30 plus points, it could be troublesome. And I don't mean to say all this stuff to try and poop on Jimmy Garoppolo. I really don't. All I, my only point in bringing all this stuff up is to just acknowledge him for what he is. That's it. Just don't make it seem like there's some mystic mystical thing that we're not seeing or that he's suddenly going to be way better than he is. Like, no, he is who he is at this point and just acknowledge it. And I feel like, because of people like Lombardi and because of the fact that they just played the Rams, who he always owns, people make more out of it. We fall into this trap of, and Akash wrote the article this week, Jimmy Garoppolo can just keep playing like this. The 49ers come into the Super He can't. That's the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is that he can't just keep playing like, like this. And we do this every time they play the Rams. 49ers go up in the power rankings. Everybody talks about they're big and bad and the team that nobody wants to play, even though Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. Like we've been on this ride before. And I just feel like we just acknowledge it by now. Recognize where we are. They have to pick up the play against people that aren't the Rams because more than likely they're done playing the Rams this year. What's nice, I will say, is that the 49ers are surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo with these weapons that can be the difference. They can win games. They can be the difference in the playoffs, and they could honestly win the Super Bowl with this team if the defense ends up you know, coming back to life like they were in the beginning half or the beginning uh, few games of the season when everybody was healthy. Um, do you remember fighting with me about the Bills being the best defense, by the way? <laughs> Just we'll move on. No, I still think the 49ers, when the 49ers defense is healthy, they're as good as anybody. The Bills have had a ton of injuries, but we've already had this fight. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, I was going to bring up, there are there have been game managers over the last 20 years that have won Super Bowls because either their defense was amazing or they had the playmakers around them or they had the right system that called the right plays for that quarterback. Like you had uh, Trent Dilfer for the Ravens with like the best defense ever. Brad Johnson for the Buccaneers. You just had, I mean, I say just, I guess that was 2017, but Nick Foles won a Super Bowl because he was in the right system with the right playmakers with the defense that, well, I mean, they allowed a lot of points, but they they had a good pass rush, right? So there's a way for this team to win the Super Bowl, even with Jimmy Garoppolo as a game manager, but you need him. You need him to slow down with the turnovers. You need the team to slow down with the turnovers. By the way, which defense is allowing the fewest yards per game this year? 
Is it the Bills? What about the points? Because that's all that matters. The points, 49ers are allowing four more points per game than the Bills. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a big difference. It's four. It's not that much. That's a lot. That's a big difference when it comes to per game. But also, you guys have faced a lot of the same teams and, you know, who who got destroyed by the Chiefs and who didn't. Well, yeah, the, you look, I can't deny that. I mean, that was the 49ers defense's worst game of the season. But I'm not going to say because the Bills played better against the Chiefs that all of a sudden they have a better defense than the Niners. When healthy. The Bills, they don't even have like their uh, two starting safeties who are amazing for most of their games. And they're still, they're still mm. doing it. Well, so are the 49ers still doing it. They I know, but bad game. the Bills haven't had that bad game yet. They've had a couple bad games. A, the Falcons, they allowed to score 28 points. No, no, (laughs) no, not 28 points, 21 points. The Falcons got seven on a fumble return for a touchdown. So let's just be accurate here. If we're going to talk about this. I'm just, they ran, they could do whatever they wanted that game. That was not a good defensive game. We know that. They allowed 21 points. It's not the worst defensive game. I feel like we do that with the 49ers, right? In the first half against the Rams. Oh, my God. The Rams scored 14 points. Fire D'Amico Ryan. It was 14 points. It was two touchdowns. <laughs> like, that's not that many points. Yeah, but y'all couldn't stop them when you needed to, right? You had clear drive situations where you're like, okay, if we get a stop here, like, they were scoring touchdowns, actually. The offense had a couple drives where they scored touchdowns. You're like, oh, my God, we're back in it. And then the defense allowed a touchdown right away. And you're like, this was a drive that it was so necessary to stop. And it just was like the Falcons just kind of had their way. Listen, I think the 49ers have a very good defense. And I think when they're fully healthy, they can be one of the best in the league. But the way you guys acted when the Bills were ranked number one was absurd. It was a fine ranking. And it still is a fine ranking. That's all I'm pointing out because I hate social media. Because I hate any time someone posts anything that's not in favor of your favorite team. The 49ers are second in the power rankings. Like, relax. And this is why I'm coming at you. That's it. Because people on social media with their fan base are obnoxious. I feel like I'm the only one that's realistic about my goddamn team. The Steelers suck. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. You don't think I'm realistic about the 49ers? I mean, I I do. But the way you acted about those polls, like they slapped your mother in the face because the, the Bills were ranked first. Like, you leave Gloria Guerrero out of this. That <laughs> woman is a saint. All right. A saint. No, I, because the 49ers at that time, when that ranking came out, they were historically good at that moment. And it was absurd to me that you could have anybody else above them. Well, it's crazy that they're historically good and the Bills were right with them in every category. And they've been doing it since the year prior as well. So it's been a irrelevant. Way... It was a ranking for this year. So but who it, cares? it's been a very long track record. So you go with the team that has the longer track record of being good. Like, no, I was your... whatever. I told you I would be fine with either way. The rankings, if they put their 49ers first, that would have been fine, too. But it wasn't a bad ranking to have the Bills first. And it was absurd. the Bills have yet to give up more than what 21 points in a game and that was with the dolphins the bills have a very good defense for sure yeah and they played some really good offenses too i think the niners were giving up 11 points per game at the time that ranking came oh out. my god it was like week four relax there's three in games tw- that's when the <laughs> ranking came out like again we're ranking it on this season but it so was th- power ranking if you want to just go off of who's allowing the fewest points per game this year then just show that like this is what i get annoyed with power rankings too people are like well this team has a better re- or better record than this team or this team already beat this team this year how can you do that it's like 
that's not if you want to just do that then look up the standings like, well it was a defensive that. it was a defensive power ranking right so it yeah. wasn't even the so whole team that's just ask for the points per game then if that's what you want i Didn't mean you just tell me that yards were irrelevant power i didn't say irrelevant but points per game matter more right because that's the that decides games right there okay. yards don't so that's what I'm always saying. It's not irrelevant. It matters too. So yards turn into points. 11 points per game. That's where they were when that ranking came out. Yeah. And you have okay. to look at the opponents they faced and all that. That's all I said. That's all. Yeah, I said. And all that when it's never been easier to get points and yards, 11 points per game. Just ridiculous. Anyway, it was wrong when it came out. You can't Everybody use you can't use the excuse that you know Trey Lance played in a monsoon and then also have that be a one of a four game sample size a monsoon and be like see we allowed so few points and then also play Russell Wilson who's the worst quarterback of all time this year in one yeah, of those four game sample size part of the reason that he was the worst quarterback of all time is because Mayfield. the 49ers he played the 49ers defense oh he sucks in every team he plays <laughs> You're unbelievable. <laughs> All right. This and fine. went off the rails. I just said one quick thing and you, you took Yeah. It, Cause you, you, you didn't want me to say anything about it. you just like slipped it in. Like I was just going to let it go. It's the bye week that no, no, uh, that's it. Come on. Well, now. People can come at me now and yell at me that I think the bills have a better defense, but I think, well, the now they do. Defense. Oh, okay. So we're just going to go off of don't do power rankings. People just post the points per game. Look, that's it allowed. That's it. That's no, it. That's all my whole thing was I didn't make them come out with the rankings. They came out with a ranking of defenses this year at that time. And all I was saying was at that time, power rankings year, are saying who's going to be good going forward. It's not about at that time when you're doing power rankings for records or like for of best course teams, it's at that time. you're not. No, but you're saying who's going to be good for the rest of the season. That's no, then why update rankings. the power rankings every week? Of because course it's for that time. You're saying who's going to continue to keep being good. If you have to update them too much, then your power rankings stink. Power rankings come out every week. I know, but if you have to update them a ton, that means you've been wrong about a team. Like you're doing power rankings to say who will continue to be good. I think you're doing power rankings to say who's good right now. That's why you oh keep changing then them every Then just put out the records. Week. Then just put out the records. Then This is why Twitter's the worst because people like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the meanest thing you've ever said to me this is I, why twitter is the worst because of people like you as soon as it came out of my mouth i was like that was harsh <laughs> this oh man you Sorry. are so mean to me on this show that was a little too harsh because <laughs> wow. i was like so serious too I don't even think I can continue anymore. I think that's it. I think we just have to end it. People hate this episode. I'm so sorry. I need a, I need a week of no 49er game to talk to you about. So that's it. <laughs> this is it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Please uh, continue to rate, review, and follow. This is the point where I usually tell you about the Instant Reaction podcast and the crossover podcast and all that stuff. You know what? None of it's happening this week because the 49ers are off. So take a deep breath. Maybe catch up on your Netflix show. I don't know what you want to do, but uh, enjoy the time off, and we will hit the ground running next week when the Chargers are on the docket. Michelle, hope you have a fantastic weekend. Bye, y'all. You jerk. <laughs>